there's lots of challenges in life. And as we grow older and life is full of loss and challenges. And so it's like, how, what tools do we bring? And will we continue to bring through our life to nurture ourselves, to hug ourselves, to hug those around us and really be grateful for the flower that's blooming today. Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast, Hope to Recharge, a show that is designed to bring hope, inspiration, motivation, and some practical tips to those that are battling depression and anxiety, and to those that are supporting loved ones that are going through the journey in this difficult time of depression and anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone, and we will live beyond depression and anxiety. We will share our stories one story at a time in a world of mental health together is better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for tuning in. Many of you know by now that I'm a huge believer in getting help through therapy. Therapy took me through many challenges in life. I started therapy way before I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. My therapists helped me get clarity, joy, and working on a better life and understanding struggles that are coming my way. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. You could be traveling, you could be on vacation, you could be sick in bed, or you could just be at home not wanting to leave your house and you can be getting your therapy needed. Let's get real. Everybody has something going on in their life. Everybody needs to improve something, a relationship, a topic, something, and help is needed. We need therapy. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, a tablet, a smartphone. You choose the way that is easier for you. You may ask why go an online service for therapy. There are many reasons. It's more affordable. It's easy to go to. You pick your time from an online platform. You pick your therapist. Sometimes there's no local therapist around here that can fit your needs. BetterHelp has over 4,000 licensed therapists on their platform. If you choose a therapist and you don't like the way it's working out, they will immediately work with you to find the next one that will be a better match. Over a half a million people use their platform worldwide to access professional therapists that are located in the United States. Visit BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. There are tons of reviews there to make you feel comfortable. They're offering us, our listeners, our special listeners, a 10% discount on our first month. So in order to sign up, to go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. That's betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Hello and welcome to Hope to Recharge to our podcast that's all about breaking the stigma on mental health, bringing more awareness to the community, to those that are struggling with depression and anxiety. Today I have somebody that I just was telling him as we jumped on the call that I felt that it was by divine, by God, that he was sent to me today to record from with him because what he does is really what I need now. So I'm going to introduce to you today, Dr. Stone, aka The Hug Doctor. Dr. Stone just came out, is coming out with a book, I think next week, all about hugging. He's a clinical psychologist. He's been dealing with emotions, I think, for a very long time with others and with himself. And through his journey, his personal journey of growth, he came through this beautiful idea of of becoming a hug doctor, that it's all about the hug. And there's an emotional hug, a spiritual hug, a physical hug, and we're going to go deep dive into it. And I really feel that today I needed an emotional hug. I don't know about the physical hug so much, and we're going to talk about that, but I really needed the emotional hug. And I thank God for sending him to me today because I need some clarity. I need some direction. I need emotional um, strength this week specifically, and we're going to talk about it during the episode. And I want to say thank you, Dr. Stone, for Dr. Hug, Dr. Stone, for joining me here today. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today. And I want to start off by acknowledging you for what you're doing, because your podcast is so powerful and makes such a difference for people. And I want to send you and your listeners a virtual hug with lightness and joy and really a sense 
of owning what you have in this moment, that you're here listening to us and that we're all together in this moment. Thank you. So we'll take that moment to really be grateful that we're here, that we can listen. Let's be, give gratitude to the fact that we have ears and we can listen, that we can be inspired that we're at the moment that we could be inspired, you know, sometimes we're oblique and we don't want to be inspired. So if anybody's listening, that means that they are a vessel to grow. We have to be so grateful for that. Dr. Stone, Dr. Hug, give me a little bit of a background. Okay. So I'm, I'm a clinical psychologist. I've done a lot of my background in college counseling. You know, University of Denver is my uh, doctoral degree. And then I did my internship in Santa Barbara and my postdoc at Yale. And I enjoyed doing college counseling center work a lot. And then after about 10 years, it felt like something was really missing. I went on this personal growth kind of discovery process to figure out what, what made sense at this point in my life. And one day it ended me up in a, a, a museum, like a Frank Lloyd Wright house with an urge to hug a stranger, a complete stranger. Hmm. And I felt like he needed a hug or like I wanted to give him a hug or I didn't really know, but it felt I was very confused by it because I didn't know this guy at all and he hmm. didn't know me at all. And so I struggled with it for a while. And at the end of the tour, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I'm Stone. Would you like a hug? And he hesitated for like a beat and <laughs> he was like, sure. Wow. We had, we had a hug for like two or three seconds. It was like a hug you'd have with like a good friend you haven't seen in a while. And we both left kind of smiling and, and I was like starting to be profoundly changed because in my head I was like, wow, I can really have a meaningful hug with a stranger. And so, you know, that was like percolating with me for some weeks. Yeah. And then I was in a pool in a hot springs in Thermopolis, Wyoming. And I'm having uh, this feeling again, like I'm in my swim trunks talking to this guy. Oh my God. And, <laughs> right? And my daughter's playing with his daughter. We're having a nice talk. And I'm like thinking, I feel like I want to, like maybe I need to give this guy a hug. But I'm like, no. <laughs> not, not I don't want to be arrested and I don't want to be pulled out of the pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, I was, it was a very positive interaction and there didn't need to be, you know, a physical hug. And so we said goodbye and, and, you know, no contact and went about our, our business. And the next day, the next morning, I went for a jog by this kind of like little creek river and, um, I ran into this same guy again. He had been fly fishing and he was thinking about buying a vacation home in Wyoming where we were. He lived in Colorado. We talked for like 10 or 15 minutes about being divorced. Mm. And, you know, I had a, an amicable divorce. It, it still really sucked to be divorced and it mm -hmm. was really painful. And he was going through like a very rough divorce. Mm -hmm. And after we, we talked, we just... We just had a hug for like 10 seconds and it was like really powerful and it was just felt, you know, it was right because we had connected on this level and I was, you know, that was powerful. So I'm jogging away and I hear this voice and it freaks me out. It's really like a booming voice and it, the voice says, you will write a book mm -hmm. called Hugging Strangers. And all I can say, like the tiny little voice in my head is just like, okay. <laughs> like, I just didn't know what to think about that. Right. I just didn't. And from that moment, I see everything through the lens of a hug. Mm. So, you know, every podcast that you've done, to me, that's a hug. Mm. You know, every time that you're reaching out to connect with someone, to learn from them, to grow together to share that in the world. It's a beautiful hug. And, and I look at each moment in my life as, is that a hug or is that not a hug? And it has a lot to do with the space that we're in while we're doing what we're doing. Mm. In other words, if I open the door for you, like let's say I don't know you at all, but I grab the door and I open the door and then you walk through it and you don't seem to notice me or care. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, 
well, you know, I don't know why I bothered to open the door for her. Right. That's not a hug. Right. Because the space that I'm in is one of expectation and needing to be, you know, seen in a certain way. Right. If I open the door and I'm grateful for the fact that I'm opening the door and I'm in the space of appreciating that, regardless of how you respond, I did something that mattered to me in that moment and felt right to me. I don't need the other person to be like, oh, thank you so much. Or, I mean, it's nice mm -hmm. <laughs> if then you make eye contact and then there's this positive exchange. But it's, it's really about the space that we ourselves are in. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk more about that that self hug too. Interesting. It probably starts with that, right? Exactly. Okay, I want to deep dive, but I need to go back a little bit into your history. Were you always a mushy, feely kind of person that needed hugs, affection, cuddling? Is that your personality? It is. I've always been a hugger, mm -hmm. and my family was very affectionate, and so that was that's kind of naturally you know, part of who I am. So it wasn't strange to you when you got that voice in the head when you were at the museum. Let's go up to this stranger. And why was it only that that person? Why wasn't it somebody else? There were tons of people. So why that? Was it an, an energy connection that you felt? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know why I was more drawn to that person or, you know, if if he needed a hug, if I wanted a hug, you know, I'm very clear, like I'm an ally of the LGBT community. And I'm very clear that like I'm a heterosexual man. So I know it was not like a attraction kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to be confused that like right. I wanted It wasn't a, a sexual, it wasn't a no. sexual attraction. And it wasn't. Right. Not uh, at all. It was more a spiritual emotional yeah connection. there was some kind of energy that was guiding me in that way and I, I think it's also really important for you and for your listeners to know that it's okay and it's important to ask for a hug and it's totally okay to get the answer no in fact if if that guy had said to me sure but he was kind of hesitant about it like he didn't really seem to want a hug i wouldn't have given him a hug right okay. so it's it's really got to be consensual or not at all and that's right. consensual like on all levels like if you have the sense that somebody doesn't really want a hug don't push it don't force it like make sure that everybody's on the same page right but as you said before it doesn't have to be a physical hug it could be a a word of kindness it could be a smile it could be a gift it could be a thought I believe in an energetic thoughts that you can send. You know, when people say I'm sending you a virtual hug, I really believe that there is such a thing that we feel that we're receiving a virtual hug or some kind of a emotional, even though we're not there physically. I couldn't agree with you more. And if he had said to me, uh, no, like, you know, when I was at that Frank Lloyd Wright house, I would have been like, I totally appreciate you saying that. I just want you to know that I'm sending you positive energy and and I, I felt the connection with you and I wish you all the best. Right. Something to that effect. Whatever would have been authentic and what I call radically transparent mm -hmm. in that moment. Did you share with him your thoughts behind it or not? It wasn't like a major conversation afterwards. It wasn't a major conversation because I was in a place of discovery. I didn't understand it so much as I was experiencing it. Mm. Were you? Do you think you were at a moment of life that you were you were in need of a huge hug from the universe, from people surrounding you, and you were craving it, and that's why you were very receptive to the people that would be maybe giving it to you? Maybe you were more vulnerable at that time and you needed emotional hugs. I think it's a great question. I mean, you know, I was divorced. I'd been divorced for a while. You know, I was with another friend on that trip and I felt like I was in a pretty good place. So I wasn't aware of being particularly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. You talk about your self-discovery. What does that mean? So in my work as a therapist, you know, first I want to acknowledge all the therapists and, you know, psychiatrists and everybody that's doing the work that they're, that they're doing and that it's so important and valuable and I encourage people to pursue it. And I have some frustration with how much we are, you know, veterans is a perfect example of how many veterans we're losing each day to suicide. And it's, mm -hmm. it's doesn't, it's not okay. 
And I feel like we have tools in our arsenal that we can use to make a, a, a bigger difference. So mm-hmm. like I bring the hug to the world and, and to, for all of us to, to appreciate it and utilize it more as a way of having a profound impact on what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I exactly answered your question. So I think, you're, what, I think what you're trying to say, it's really good, but we need to take it to the next level. It's not enough. What you're trying to say, it's great. We need it, but there's a greater need for something greater in order to prevent greater hurt and, and losses and tragedies that, that the regular clinical psychology is not helping. Yeah, that we need an additional tool mm-hmm. that we, we know about. Mm-hmm. We all know about the hug. Right. And we go, you know, through our day, maybe having some hugs with friends and family and mm-hmm. we don't really nurture or like I say, like hugging powers activate, like really supercharge what's possible through the hug. Mm-hmm. And so many people are isolated and severely depressed. And I want us to come together as community to be able to break through that, to really, really make a difference. And so, so that's why, you know, your podcasts and spaces like this are so beautiful because it really is a hug to bring us together, to support each other, to create the resources and the support that are essential. So were you feeling that you wanted to give more besides a regular session, 45 minute session? You wanted to give a little bit more of a tool to, to deal with big struggles in life. Yeah, well, and what came through me is this book that was initially called Hugging Strangers and is now called Hug Therapy. And it's all about going on a 21-day hugging journey. Mm -hmm. So being in action for 21 days, hugging yourself, Mm. keeping track of those 21 days so that you also hug others around you more Mm -hmm. and hug your community. Mm -hmm. So it's this platform to supercharge hugging. And to keep track of it and be aware of it and be grateful and have the, the gratitude in the moment of the hug. Hmm. My, I think my greatest question to you as somebody that struggles with hug, I think I told you with it, that I don't like when strangers touch me. I don't like when strangers hug me. I'll give like a little tap on the back, but like, don't, don't come too close to me. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's me. Um, I feel close to my family, but even family members know that I don't like long hugs. And you talk about the seven or eight second hug that serotonin releases, right? There's like a a release of something after an extended hug. Even longer than that, even longer (laughs) than that, after 20 seconds. Oh, 20. Oh my God. Oxytocin is released and I advocate for 21 second hugs. So here's the thing though. It's really about meeting people where they are. And so if you do not want a hug from a stranger or to be touched by a stranger, a hug to yourself is being very clear about that. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to touch you or you to be touched by anyone that you do not want to be touched by. Or us touching anybody else that doesn't want to be touched. Exactly. And that's where the radical transparency comes in, truth in love. Mm Mm-hmm being very clear about what you want and what you need. And your boundaries. Yes. I know you you said you want to go into a deep dive. It's like if someone who you are really close to and you trust, you're having a hug with, and it depends if you have a commitment, like if you want to have a little bit longer hugs with people you're close to, then that could be part of your 21-day hugging journey. Mm-hmm. right? The longer hug is where hugging meets meditation. So literally during the hug, you're taking some deep breaths. If you choose to have that longer hug in through your nose, out through your mouth. And, you know, you can feel if you do that now, and if your listeners do that now, like some deep breaths, <sighs> like it's grounding for me in this moment, whether I'm hugging anyone physically or not, when you're having a hug with someone else who you trust and who you feel connected with, it's even more powerful, soothing and and grounding. And there's no should here, though. There's no you should get to 21 seconds. Right. This is about like what nurtures you. 
And if you find you're having a two second hug and that works for you and that's what you want, that's okay. But if you think you're curious about like, what would a three or four second hug be like, you know, and what's standing in the way of that, that's something that we can look at if you want to. I guess my question is, um, you said you wanted to, I shouldn't say my question, my curiosity. You wanted to write a book called Hugging Strangers. Why shouldn't it, why was it about the strangers versus hug yourself, hug the world? Something like start with yourself first. And you can't really give love if you don't love yourself. So why was it about the strangers? What was the phenomena that you had I'm like oh my god it's the strangers remember that's the voice that i heard it said mm-hmm. you will write a book called hugging strangers mm-hmm. and so i i pursued that i think what will help you understand that more and your listeners too is that i believe there really are no strangers right so we've just met for the first time right and yet i feel a profound connection to you right like you know, we're walking hand in hand on this same path with a a goal right. of the world, of us being more connected to ourselves and of us being more connected to those around us and living in a world of peace. Right. And so you're the stranger that I want to hug. Right. If you want to have a hug with me, whether that's a literal hug right. or a metaphorical hug, or we're on a 21 day hugging journey together. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps to explain it. I, I believe there really are no strangers. Another mm-hmm. way to say it, in a really long hug, I get confirmation that we're all made of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. That we all have emotions, we all have baggage, we all have challenges, we all have good po- good uh, good times, bad times, and we all are made out of the same human condition. Yeah, well, and even more like metaphysical than that. Like mm-hmm. literally, there's very little difference between myself and any other human mm-hmm. on this planet. Like 99.9, like it's like literally in that longer hug, I start to notice that we're so similar. So that literally, I don't know the best way to say it. It's like, you know, we're, we're both stardust. Mm-hmm. And so it's like stardust is like touching and it's, we're both stars and the dust is touching and it's, and you can begin to experience that in a 21 second hug Mm -hmm. right? because your breathing regulates with each other. And I think some of the things about, you know, like as we care for our children and the physical touch and the, Mm -hmm. the healthy part of that, right? it's like, you feel that in a longer hug. And it's like nothing else really matters except the hug. Right. The whole world disappears. Mm -hmm. All the problems and the challenges and in those seconds kind of lose track of time. I hear that. I hear that. Do you have in your book a whole um, exercise for this 21 day hug challenge? What happens after the 21 days? What, like what, so you do the challenge and then what are you supposed to say? see? First of all, do you have an exercise and what happens after? Okay, so my website, first of all, is mm-hmm. www.thehugdoctor.com. And on my website, there is a hugging life pretest, like a hugging life snapshot. So you can look at the different areas of your life and rate them and choose which area you want to hug. So on the 21-day journey, it can be a lot of different things. You could be hugging your finances. Mm -hmm. You could be hugging your fitness. Mm -hmm. So for 21 days, you have a commitment, ideally with a hugging accountability buddy. Mm -hmm. So a friend or a family member. And you go on those 21 days together with the intention of having a powerful impact in that area and having some more hugs along the way and sharing about it some on social media if you choose to, Mm -hmm. to spread the word. Right, right. Then at the end, you you do the the post hugging life snapshot. Mm-hmm. You can literally see have you created movement. So if on a scale of one to seven, and seven is like awesome, right? You put 
your family at a 4.5 for, for maybe some specific reasons, like you want to be closer to your sister or your brother or something. Right. You can focus in on that. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you can look and say, now I would rate it a 5.5 or a 6, or there's been no change. And Dr. Stone really, you know, it, the, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or or it's worse. Like I right. I talked to them and now they're not talking. It, but whatever it is, it's like concrete. You're looking at your life and you're being radically transparent with yourself about like what's working and what's not working and how to to cause movement mm-hmm. on a day to day basis in so the space yeah. of a hug, right? Like so, let's say quote unquote a hug, but it could be anything that gives attention. You're basically calling a hug positive energy. Exactly. Focusing, paying attention, gratitude, affirmation, whatever that topic needs. It could be physical as well, but it doesn't have to be physical. We can't hug our finances. We can't hug our plants. We can talk to our plants. We can water them. We can do nice to them. But if we hug them, we'll suffocate them. But I have this goal to make my flowers and plants last longer in my house. It's my goal. I don't know how to. For years and years and years and years and years, I love flowers. I blossom when my flowers blossom. And I always kill my flowers. I don't know what it is. And I always say, maybe it's my negative energy. I don't know. So my daughter came home the other day and she says, mommy, you need to talk to them every single day and give them love just like you give us. And I said, I think I tried to, but maybe it's not enough. So that's what you're talking about. Give the positive energy, the positive reinforcement, whatever it is. And it could be physical also, but choose the area that needs more positivity in their life. And acknowledge yourself for that choice and moving in that direction. Like you said, you always kill the flowers. I'm not, I'm not going to buy that story. (laughs) Okay. Like sometimes the flowers die and you have a commitment to having more flowers and growing more flowers. And I think to say that you kill them is, doesn't sound right to me. And so it's like looking at our, our story in this moment. Mm -hmm. And, and really hugging ourselves in this moment. So it's, you have a commitment to these flowers and you're learning and you're growing in figuring out how best to support them. Mm, yeah. And that's really what each of us is doing day to day, right? Because life is full of, for some reason I wanted to say fraught with, I don't know, fraught just seemed like the word that I wanted to, you know, <laughs> Maybe it's flowery. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 it is, there's lots of challenges in life. And as we grow older and life is full of loss and challenges. And so it's like, how, what tools do we bring? Mm-hmm. And will we continue to bring through our life to nurture ourselves, to hug ourselves, to hug those around us and really be grateful for the flower that's blooming today? Or mm-hmm. when your daughter is your daughter is saying to you, you know, giving you these words of wisdom, what an awesome hug that is. Mm -hmm. The way that she's sharing that with you and the way that you guys could work together on that. Mm -hmm. It's all beautiful. Right. So try to focus on the positive that's in front of you and continue to water it with hugs and affection that it should continue to blossom in whatever area it is, whatever relationship it is. Yeah. And I'm really picky about words. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say try to focus. Oh, let it be. I would say focus, Mm. you know, because if we, if we tried to have this podcast right now, Mm -hmm. that might end up being that it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like have a commitment Okay. Focusing on the flowers, which is, which is natural Mm -hmm. for you because you love them. Right. So you, you can commit to focusing on the flowers, say for 21 days or focusing on your daughter around the flowers for 21 days, or it's whatever feels right to you about the 21 day hugging journey, whatever feels right to your listeners, that you take it on in a way that really works for you and allows you more lightness and joy to play. Right. That's part of the hug too, right? Like we right. get so, you know, there's bills and there's things happening all over the world that are extremely upsetting and and to have access to that lightness 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a 21-day hugging journey where I skipped. I was skipping every day. To see? Well, because I wanted to, and it's harder to be overwhelmed or stressed out if you're skipping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's partly like about getting back in touch with that child mm-hmm. in each of us. Okay. And being grateful that that child is there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a lot to cover because it's so many different ways that you can approach it. The thing is, you said, like, what happens at the end of the 21-day hugging journey? That was your original question. Mm-hmm. You know what? You learn from that journey. There are days where you, like, maybe missed your hug. Mm-hmm. And then you reboot a little. You take a couple of days. And then you go on another 21-day hugging journey with somebody else. Mm. You know, I've been on dozens. Right. And each one is unique and special. You can go on one to raise resources for a philanthropy cause that's meaningful to you. Or, you know, it's a way to activate us mm-hmm. and have us moving powerfully, lovingly through the world. I want to address physical hugs, the physical outcome when people are struggling with mental health. I know for a fact by me, it was super comforting that people that were close to me, not not, not strangers, I, I, I don't do well with that. But when people that I knew that I trusted and, and they are there for me, when they held me during a panic attack, when they held rub my back and or or hugged me or literally hold me. I used to say to my husband, just hold me. Just hold me. Hold me in my pain. Tell me it's going to be okay. Don't let go of me. It was like somebody it was like like the world was saying, don't worry, you'll be okay. It, it, it took the anxiety from, I can't do this anymore. And it brought it down a lot. I can't, it depends on how much it was, but it brought it down a lot. What is it about the physical touch that is so healing to mental mental illness or even the, the people that don't suffer with it? But I know as somebody that suffered with mental illness, it was a big, big healing moment for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so powerful that you express what you wanted and what you needed to your husband. And I think that that can be a really important model for anyone who's listening because it's, we don't, we can't read each other's minds, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes if somebody says to you, everything's going to be okay, can really piss you off. Right. Depending on the context that they say it in. And, you know, but when when you want your husband to tell you that and you tell him to tell you that, that's the perfect time for him to tell you that. Right. And so it's so important to communicate Mm -hmm. what we want and what we need. And then that gate created the space. Like you created the space by asking for what you wanted. And then your husband was able to to give you that hug of his words, which is one of the things that can happen during a longer hug mm-hmm. is that we can really talk to each other. Mm-hmm. The physical part, you know, I'm not a scientist and it's the research suggests that it's very healthy and, and, you know, when oxytocin is released after that 20 seconds, you know, it's good for your stress response. Mm-hmm. It's good for your immune system, your sleep patterns, your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So it's like in that, in his embrace, you were totally safe. And in your embrace, he was totally safe. And in that moment, or as many moments as it was, you have each other and you know that you're there for each other. And I think at some level, that's all that there really is. You know, I mean, one of the things that I love about the hug is it's it's very existential. Mm-hmm. Like it really brings us into this moment. Right. So, so often with loved ones, you know, we're in a hurry. Right. So it's like, you know, I use the example, like kind of like rub your partner's shoulder, right. you know, give right. a little rub. It's like, love you, like right. a, right. A, a millisecond of eye contact, mm-hmm. say the mm-hmm. words, I love you, rub the shoulder and right. out the door right. to the meeting, to right. the kids, to this or that. And, you know, I'm a stand for that's really not okay. Right. That we can slow down mm-hmm. and take five seconds yes. or 10 seconds or really, you know, my, my big, big goal is, you know, for people to get lost in the hug. Mm-hmm. So that might be like 30 seconds, right? like half a minute, which to some degree is like nothing right? in the scheme of things. 
Right. But instead of that quick out the door, like, love you, when people really stop and think about it, nobody wants to go out like that. You know, there's no guarantee about the next hug. Right. You know, that's just, we don't know when we're going to get to talk to somebody again, when we're going to get to have a hug with them. The opportunity, the chance to be grateful and have gratitude and really Mm -hmm. let them know how we feel is now. Right. Is in that moment that we're with. I'm breathing deeply because this is something that I'm so bad at. I'm so, I know you don't like negative words, but I'm saying it in order to become aware where I need to grow. And my husband, every morning, my husband, when, when I'm like carpool, lunch, bus, uh, I'm in the, and he comes in, he goes to synagogue every morning to pray. And he comes in and he's like, and he's singing in the morning. I need to like be practical, checklist. He's walking in the house singing. And I'm like, Ari, 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 lower your voice. And he's like, where's my hug? I'm like, not now, not now. Uh, He's like, no. And he, whatever is in my hands, he puts down and he's like, give me a hug. Come on, breathe through it. <laughs> and sometimes, and I'll pat him on the back and he's like, okay, take a breath, take a deep breath. It's okay. And like he wants, he, he forces me in a positive way to be in the now. Like, yes, carpool's coming and, and life is coming. It's not like he's forcing me to hug him. He knows that this is what we enjoy. We love connecting. Uh, I always say, but why in the morning? So he says, if not in the morning, so when? When we're at work, when we're at, this is the now. And it's exactly what you're saying. And I'm breathing deeply because it's, it's giving me more clarity at what he has been practicing for 17 years with me, putting the butter knife down, putting the knapsack down and just say, okay, just take it. And he actually always breathed through the hugs. He breathes like he, he goes into the moment of the hug and I tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, okay, Ari, okay, I gotta go. (laughs) He's like, you're always running. You always gotta go where you're running all the time. Just be for a little bit. And I need to work on that. But where I'm going with this is that I think, I think that I need to start hugging myself more in order to allow others to hug me. And that's where I, it's all coming back to my original question. Why strangers? We cannot hug strangers if we don't start with us. If we don't love ourselves, we cannot give anybody else love. If we don't nurture ourselves, how do we have to give? And I think the fact that I'm not allowing people to hug me, and even my kids sometimes will say, oh, mommy, I'm like, okay, uh, like a quick, oh, I love you. Okay, gotta go. No, give them the hug. I even struggle sometimes. I spoke to one of my friends that is a therapist and I said, why do I struggle with hugging my kids for a long time or cuddling with my older kids? Like, what is wrong with me? So what, what's going on? Why is this such a hard thing for me? And maybe it all comes down to me needing to hug myself more, not so much physically, but accepting myself, loving myself as much as I think I do, but maybe I'm missing out on something so core here. Thoughts. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Dr. Hug. <laughs> You know, we're all works in in progress, right? And so we're constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you have a beautiful life and a family that like, you know, you're deeply connected to. And if you want to shift things, Mm -hmm. that's the question is like, what, what do you want to choose to shift, you know, so like me looking at from the outside, I could be like, well, you know, a 21 day journey where you have a 21 second hug with your husband each morning seems like a nice idea. You know, he would be your hugging accountability buddy. And I'll probably say, who am I married to? Who took over my wife? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's if that feels right to you. And maybe that means, you know, that you and your husband make the kids lunches in the evening. So like some things are are done in the evening and there's a little bit more flexibility in the morning. Um, I don't want it to be in the space of like right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like looking at like what what works for you and where do you really want to see those shifts? Mm-hmm. You know, do you know, sometimes kids don't want to have a longer hug. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it's really important to respect that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it's a it's a tricky balance with our family because sometimes it's like you pull somebody into a hug and you give them a couple of extra mm-hmm. little seconds because you think you know that they need that or but they feel trapped you know, they want that or yeah. So it's it's like they may feel trapped or they may really like it, and so that's all. It's like a very you know right. And with the people that we love and and are close to us, it's it's important to that be an ongoing conversation. Right. And this has been, you know, for 17 years, you've been having this hugging conversation with your husband. Right. Or, or longer. Right. And it's like, my goal is that you hear him. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge. Yeah. In a way that really works for you both. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in terms of hugging yourself more, it's like, how are you taking care of yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that you do for yourself consistently? You know, I I heard another podcast of yours where you say a prayer in the morning when you wake up. Right. And a prayer a bedtime when you go to sleep. Right. And that's beautiful. And to me, that's a hug. And it's like structuring in those other hugs in the day that help to ground you. You know, it's like looking at it a little bit like, Let's say, you know, and it seems a little dramatic, but it's a way of like thinking about it in a, in a very focused way. Tomorrow's going to be your last day. Right. How would you want to hug yourself? How long would you want to hug your friends or your family? Right. You know, without like running off to Hawaii and taking a quick trip, but like, what would, what would you want that day to look like? Right. But we can't, I know that the forefathers say live every day as if it's your last day, but we really can't. We really can't. Tomorrow, though, you could hug people like it's your last day. Mm-hmm. And you could hug yourself like it's your last day. So if you really wanted to do yoga and you wanted to take a yoga class, you could sign up for that or have a friend over and or do something with YouTube on, you know, like yoga at home. Right. Like if you really have wanted to take a pottery class. Right. It's like nurturing yourself. Mm-hmm in a way that really works for you and your listeners so that they can be more nurturing to others. Not in like a heavy, like, I have to do this to nurture myself. Mm -hmm. But what would be fun? Like, what would that last day look like? Right. And I don't know if you want to really go there now on the podcast or what seems most helpful. I think it's very individual and people really need to do real sit with yourself for a moment. And I think probably through the exercise of 21 day gets clarity. The first day is uncomfortable. We're not sure what we're doing. The second day, oh, maybe this is cute. And then the third day, oh, this is exciting. And then you get into the rhythm. And then it's like, I I, I call it like a gratitude when someone starts doing gratitude and they're in a very hard moment, they can't find things. They can't find, what what am I grateful for? My life sucks. Everything's black or whatever. And then slowly when they start breaking it down and they're looking around them and they see that there is so much to be grateful for. And then when they turn it into a daily thing, the list gets longer, longer, longer because we're suddenly aware of it. And the idea that we're aware of it and the exercise that you you write about and you have in, in on your site and probably in the book, right? Is it in the book itself? Yeah, and we have a Facebook group Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of people are going to be going on a a 21 day hugging journey on September Mm -hmm. 15th when Mm -hmm. the book comes out. Mm -hmm. The hugging accountability buddy is so important though, you know, because we struggle to do something consistently for a few days in a row or a week. Right. So if you say like to your husband or you Mm -hmm. say to a close friend, I want to go on a 21 day hugging journey. I want to start on this date. Mm -hmm. Like I want you to think about like, you know, you and I'll have more hugs and we'll Mm -hmm each work on these things, mm-hmm. then you help to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And you can have fun during right. it. Right. Yeah. And it's all in the space of a hug, right? Like, let's say you're going to do something with your flowers each day, and then one day that doesn't happen. Right. It's okay. It's okay. Right. It's just, it's looking and noticing, like I miss, because let's say you were going to dance in front right. of your flowers each day right. to get them to be a little bit more alive and flowery. Right. And one day you completely forget because life happens. It's looking at that that next day and in the space of a hug, not beating yourself up, noticing like what got in the way. And like you're on day four now, embracing day four and doing it on day four and putting whatever you can in place to be as consistent on the 21 days as you can. From your research, do you see that people become much happier? 
when they do the exercise? Well, you know, 21 days is the beginning of starting a habit. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something that's fitness related or meditation related, like all of these things are very good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say hugs are like vitamins for the soul. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet it's an ongoing process. Right. So, right. you know, that we need more research. We need more. So this is the beginning of your research. It's the beginning of your journey of understanding the next level of connection, the le- next level of, of finding more acceptance, love, com- connection in everyone, in the universe. Yeah. And we know with depression that one of the big things is isolation mm-hmm. and hopelessness. Right. And so with a 21-day hugging journey and with a hugging accountability buddy, you have a friend, you have a support, you have somebody that's like checking in with you and supporting you. And this is just one piece of the picture. That friend may also be making sure you get into therapy or mm-hmm. reminding you about medications or, you know, getting you connected with other support groups. But this is one thing to help people to be more connected. Right. When it comes to depression, what if you lo- you love somebody tremendously? They're suffering from mental illness, from depression, from bipolar, from schizophrenia, and they you love them tremendously, but they need much more than you can give. They need the physical touch much more than you can give. How do you find the balance of them not feeling rejected and you not feeling used? That's a great question. And I think, you know, it, it comes down to the individual each each situation and it's about finding resources for them you know like our veterans you know sadly like you know around 20 veterans commit suicide each day and the VA has a charge to make a difference and is really working at doing better Mm-hmm. And so in that instance, it's getting them more connected to the VA. It's getting them more connected to other support groups outside of the VA. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting them connected to, you know, different activities and things, maybe helping them to get to places. Mm-hmm. But there, there's not an easy answer to that question. And the... The other piece of it, though, I think is our words are so powerful. Right. Right. So letting them know how much we care about that friend with our words Mm -hmm. and our actions that don't need to involve physical touch. Right. I have a son that loves, loves, loves when I hug him and cuddle him and hold him. And sometimes I feel overwhelmed by it, very overwhelmed by it. Like it's never enough. And then I hear the voice in my head saying, if you don't give it to him, who will give it to him? Give him the hugs. But at the same time, I feel, okay, like enough is enough for now. We'll like go on with the day. I'll see you later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that, that okay as a parent? Or am I like, am I supposed to hug him unlimitedly as much as he needs? That is okay as a parent. Part of taking care of yourself is having healthy boundaries for you. It sounds like you hug him quite a bit already, and that's a balance. Does he have long hugs with his dad? Yeah. Oh, uh, my husband Ari can hug for hours. You can never give enough hugs to Ari. Never, never, Right, ever. but it sounds like your <laughs> husband and your son have the same kind of hugging threshold. <laughs> interesting. So I never it, thought about it that way. It, that's very it, interesting. It's okay to say to your son, after you've hugged him for how many seconds feels right to you, I love you. And this was a great hug. Mm -hmm. That feels right to you. Mm -hmm. Mommy's had enough. Go hug daddy. I do. do, I do say, I'm like, oh, go, go. Daddy wants a hug. Go give it to daddy. Like, But but they want it from me because I think you always want it from the one that doesn't give it as freely that. And if, if my husband said that to me, I would feel so rejected. If my if I came to my husband and said, Ari, give me a hug, and I'll say, Oh, go get a hug from your sister. Go get a hug from your well, from Shmariahu. Go get a hug from your friend. I'm like, but Are you serious? You're not saying you're not saying no. Yeah. So so keep in mind if you can be very like clear about what you're thinking and feeling, if you're saying, I love you so much. And that's as much hug as mommy wants Mm -hmm. to have right now. Mm -hmm. 
that's the best thing that you can do for both of you. Mm-hmm. And in the future, in other relationships that he's in, he's also going to be negotiating that. Right. And they need to everybody be aware. Has, yeah. Everybody has a different threshold right. for how much they want to be hugged. And mm-hmm. I'm advocating for people to have longer hugs, mm-hmm. but not to suffer through yeah. a hug or be in a hug. You know, a hug, it's not a hug if you're feeling constrained or like, I don't really want to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. That's That's not what we want at all. It has to be therapeutic for both sides. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to be able to communicate with your words. I love you so much. And that's as much hug as I want right now. Right. And that's, that's okay. And that's right. And I think, and that's healthy modeling about touch. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely, and no boundaries because sometimes we we feel that we need something, but it's not the right bound. Like you need to keep your boundaries because you can't touch anybody, and you have to respect people, and and you should not be touched by anyone unless you are approving it one hundred percent. And one hundred percent. And for kids, it's so important as even as they get go through puberty and finding out about themselves, they they feel hormonal, they feel the need of something they don't even know what they need they're feeling and they need to be aware of what feels comfortable to them and whatnot and have the language to be okay but say, saying yes or no. Yeah. And it's okay to have feelings like of grief and of sadness and to experience those feelings around different things, that that's a healthy grieving process. Mm -hmm. The hug is not designed to like stop a process Mm -hmm. that is a healthy grieving process. Mm -hmm. It's more about connection and expressing how much we mean to each other. And so it's not like a quick fix. Right. It's a relationship. Yeah. And like with your son, you can now expand maybe like, you know, how does he hug himself? Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. I want to go into my hard week because I brought it up in the beginning and what I'm, what I'm using and why I felt like this was so appropriate that we were speaking. So my, a lot of people know, cause I posted this on social media that my youngest, my, my almost two year old is going to school, started school and his separation anxiety was tremendous and he was crying and it was worse than I anticipated. I thought I'll have some separation anxiety. It was bad. It was really bad to the degree that I felt sick from it. Like I lost my appetite. I, I didn't know if I can sleep. I, did, I was losing focus at work. It was really a hard weekend for me. And the beginning of the week was really hard. And mm-hmm. I find myself that overcompensating and, and every moment that I'm with him when he's in the house, hugging him and hugging him and hugging him. And mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. I, 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 mommy's always going to be there for you. Mommy's going to pick you up. Even though he's like two, he, how much can he understand? He understands a little bit. I believe they understand, but, and I'm hugging him and I'm hugging him. And I feel like I need to overcompensate for for the abandonment that I'm feeling that I'm doing when I'm leaving there and when he's crying, don't leave me, mommy, don't leave me. He doesn't want to leave the car when we enter the school. And he's like, no, no, no. Is the hugging more therapy for me or for him? <laughs> I feel like you know the answer to this question. And I feel like you. he's going to school. It's time for him to go to school. He cries, but he's going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're getting a report from the teachers and, and whatnot that he's engaging and... And, he, and he's crying the whole day. <laughs> that's what they say. He's crying the whole the day. The whole day, yeah. And it's been how how long now? It's the, 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 the full day. Today is the third full day. So yesterday, I actually picked him up a little bit earlier because they said, it's not fair to him. Maybe you need to come. Like, let's do this gradually. So I said, fine, we'll cut the day shorter. But it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it sounds really hard. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's so specific to each kid. And, you know, so the other kids in the class that are two are not having this issue like no, how you talk no. to yeah i i walked in everybody's smiling playing and suddenly he comes in and he's hysterical <laughs> i know that he'll be okay 
I mm. know he's a very friendly child. He talks to everybody on the street. We were hanging out yesterday waiting for my daughter to come off the bus and someone parked right in front of my house. And my son, my two-year-old says, hi, hi, hi. I'm like, you're so friendly. You'll say hello to any stranger, but you won't go to school and have fun with kids your age. Like what, what's, I know that in the long run, he'll be fine. But that, that pain of seeing him really feeling lost is hard. Yeah, I, I hear that. And you've talked about it with the rest of your family. And Oh, and yes. It's a com- everybody. The first question when they come in from school, how did Michelle do in school? What happened? How much did you cry? And they ask him, Michelle, did you cry today? Oh, we're so sorry. And they all hug him and like condolence. And this morning, one of my sons said, I want to come with him to school. I want to see. I said, no, you can't do that. It's not fair to him. They care. And that's great that they're so supportive and, and so engaged. It's like, you know, this is a part of life. This separation, this transition, this going to school. Mm-hmm. And and it's okay for there to be an adjustment process. Right. And how much you choose to hug him when he's at home, you know, I mean, it's not that you should hug him. If you want to hug him more, that's okay. And you're doing this because you want him to be around other kids and to socialize. And right. So like, there's the bigger picture hug and the, the in the moment hug. Right, right. There's the tough love hug. Right, right. And giving them tools to deal with adversity and things that from young age, that not everything is easy. But how young do we start with that teaching? So it it goes even earlier than that. And, you know, different psychologists have different ideas about this. So for the most part, like as far as like a child self-soothing and going to bed, you know, even in the crib. Right. Yeah. That's a process of crying and then going to sleep. Right. And the child needs to learn to be able to soothe themselves. Right. And this is a similar thing that he's learning now. And you're letting him know when you drop him off in the morning that you love him and that he's okay and that you'll be there at night. And mm-hmm. I, I hear though, it's, I mean, it is heart wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. I need a universal hug this week. I really need compassion this week. A lot of empathy and sympathy about the mother that's in pain when she sees her son in pain. That's definitely, maybe I should give myself a lot of self, a lot of hugs of that. I'm I'm a mom that tries her best and I love my child and I'm not abandoning him and I'm not a bad mother. I kept on saying, am I a bad mother? Am I a bad mother? No, I'm not a bad mother. I, I know that he loves children. I know that he loves structure and I, I know that he'll, be, he'll live through it and I need to bite that bite and be okay with the fact that he's a little bit sad now and hopefully next week we'll be okay. But I'm, I'm, my, I'm emotionally weak this week. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. And, you know, you you have other kids that you've had different experiences with when they were younger. Right. You have some wisdom right. to bring to this. And, and in your heart, you know that he's social and that he's strong and that he's going to be okay. Right, right. Yeah. I want to um, wrap up with a thought that I had before you give all the information where people can find you and your new book, the exciting new book that's coming out. And I just was wondering, um, most of my kids are sensory children. And when my oldest, that's almost 17, when he was um, very young, he had a hard time eating, sitting, car ride, everything was difficult with him. Until I found out what sensory was only when he was three. Unfortunately, when he was three, I found out what sensory was and I learned about it. And one of the things they said was squeeze him tight and hold him and squeeze him tight. And I'm thinking now as I'm speaking to you, I bet you it's hugging him to release something. The squeeze tight, you can't squeeze tight for a short amount of time. You have to squeeze tight for long in order for it to be effective. Like a, a tight. I wonder if it's that's what it is, that it releases something in their brain that helps them deal. The whole time while we're talking, I'm like, I wonder if that's what it is with sensory children. The squeezing them tight. Yeah, I think that it's powerful how well that works. And I think that we need more research, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like how how tight you squeeze and mm-hmm. how long you squeeze right. and what 
what is released. And so even the oxytocin being released after 20 seconds, mm-hmm. it's, we need a lot more research. Right. Are, and, you, are you planning on doing research? No, I'm more <laughs> like an advocate for there being research done and okay. think about funds being raised for right. research being done right. and things of that nature. Although right now my causes are more like, you know, people without homes and right. things like that. So there's right. just so many different things to focus. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, Ab- you know, I think that though that's a beautiful connection that you're making and that the hug, you know, serves so many profound purposes. So I hope that together we'll go on a lot of 21 day hugging journeys mm-hmm. and that can really make a difference and start to spread more and more globally. Um, One veteran did go on a 21 day hugging journey and he was really, you know, and I write about it in the book and he, he, you know, has shared a lot on Facebook live, you know, he was really kind of giving up on life Mm -hmm. and the 21 day journey made a profound difference. And he's in a, a very positive place now and making a difference for other people. So well, that's I think beautiful. that there is hope to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a hug does recharge. It, it really does on mm-hmm. so many different levels. Right. You know, I, right. I love to, after having had a longer hug and taken deep breaths and I, that friend or that family member or that stranger, new friend, a squeeze. Right. And I say, this hug will leave us with lightness and joy hugging powers activate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have that charge and now Mm -hmm. we're both going off into the world to make that difference. Right. And you're going with positive energy. And if what the last interaction is usually the way you leave the last interaction you had in life is the way the next interaction will feel unless you make a choice to not. So when you stub your toe in the morning, unless you make a choice to say, okay, my my day is not going to look like the pain of my toe right now. If we don't make that conscious decision, we're going to feel like our toe was stubbed the entire day. So when we recharge each other with a hog, we're basically powering ourselves to give positive energy to the world, to the next interaction that we have through the day. And it's just a ripple effect of one thing after the other. That's beautifully said. Is there anything else you want to share? Like any thought that you think that we missed through this conversation? That's a good question. I think, you know, from a political standpoint, I think it's really important that we remember in our, like, at our core, in our essence, that we really want, you know, no matter what political side we're on, good things for people, Mm -hmm. healthy things for people, and that we don't get so caught up in politics and that we lose sight of connecting with our fellow human being. Yeah. Lose sight of humanity. Yes. Important message. Thank you. Dr. Hug, what does hope mean to you? Hope to me means creating new possibilities. So each day having a possibility and moving in that direction, whether it's new flowers that are being planted Mm -hmm. or being treated in a special way, or it's connecting with a new group that has a similar mission. Mm-hmm. It's, it's breathing life into your day. Mm. So it's, it's that aliveness that sometimes is really hard to find, yet pushing ourselves to make that connection or reach out so that we're not alone don't feel alone, don't feel isolated. Mm -hmm. So hope is about connection with ourselves and with those around us. And creating new opportunities. Yes. 100%. Nice. Very nice. When is your book coming out? It comes out this Sunday, September 15th. Yeah. (laughs) And so I have my first book signing at the book house here in St. Louis. Okay. And it's very exciting. And then we are going to have a big hug under the St. Louis under the arch on the 21st. So a big group hug. Wow. And then we'll be doing some touring 
you know, around the country in the next months and into the new year. Really, really nice. So can they, can people, well, this is going to air after it already came out. So where do they get your book on Amazon? Or? Yeah, um, my book is available now, even right now for pre-order, but by then it'll be available right. for order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstore, mm-hmm. and like the Apple. So Apple Store. So it's on Kindle. It's on all those good Nook, everything, right. that, uh, any which way. What's the name again? Hug Therapy. Hug Therapy. Okay. And your website, can you repeat your website? It's www.thehugdoctor.com. And the book, Hug Therapy, it's a 21-day journey to embracing yourself, your life, and everyone around you. Hmm. Amen to that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we can all use that. Thank you so, so much for joining me here and for giving me the emotional support I needed today, for giving me clarity on a lot of areas that I can improve and bringing me to be the best hugger of the day today and to be in the now and to to really um, be grateful that we, we have who to hug. I think that's such a big thing that we have to be grateful that we have who to hug and take the opportunity to do that. And don't underestimate yourself. After our meeting today, it's clear to me that you're a world-class hugger. <laughs> so don't lose sight of that. Okay, thank you. And, you know, I more than welcome you to go on a 21-day hugging journey with your whole family or however that right. might look. I'm happy to support you in any way that I can. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing this beautiful idea and for bringing it into the world. And I want to just remind everybody that Dr. Stone is not saying that Therapy is not important. It's super important and it's vital. Super, 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 super important. It's a huge hug. Yes, yes. It's a a form of a hug. And Dr. Stone is is introducing us to a new kind of a hug of therapy, which is um, a journey of a 21-day hug, which will bring more love and and light to the world, which we really, really need. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining us here. Thank you for giving us the hug because every person that listens is giving me personally a hug and saying to me that I am worthy of making this podcast and, and it's making a difference in the world. So when you listen, you're giving me a hug, a real hug. And I really feel each and every one of you that listen and, and comment and sit and share and give me ideas, the amount of ideas people are giving me. And I, this whole journey of podcasting exploded my mind with different things that I didn't even dream of a few months ago in terms of looking at different things and trying different things and understanding the mental health community. It, it really, so when you share, when you give me feedback, positive or negative, it is a big hug for me and I really appreciate it. So continue sharing, continue giving me feedback and join us on our Facebook group, Hope to Recharge Community. We love talking about mental health challenges and successes. We hope to see you next time. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.